The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, the son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. So, during supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from the supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist, and then he poured water into a basin began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with a towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered him and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now but you will understand later. And Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. For this reason he had said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table again, he said to them, Do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, You ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. The Gospel of the Lord. We can never really understand what it means for God to become vulnerable. But as I've said before, that's the first practical conclusion of the Incarnation. God is vulnerable. 
he is capable of being wounded. And because we cannot understand that, we can never fully understand the love of God. We may see it, experience it, even touch it, but it will always be something beyond us. And yet, God calls us to know it, commands us to know it. Today's gospel the humiliation of God. Our Lord, fully aware of what is about to happen, washes his disciples' feet. It's an act of service. He is doing what a slave would do since he became a slave for us. Peter would like to stop him. Peter realizes the indignity of it all. He shouldn't be washing their feet. He says, you will never wash my feet. Our Lord confronts him. Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. And St. Peter, in his love, doesn't want to lose that. So then he says, well, then in that case, not only my feet, my hands and my head as well. And our Lord says, no, no, no. As long as your feet have been washed, you are clean all over. And then he says, so you are clean, but not all. He washed Judas's feet, too, the one who would betray him. He washed the feet of this one also who would deny him. And he washed the feet of the rest who would desert him because of his love as an act of service, and then tells them that they must go and do the same. They must have that same idea of service, of the total giving of oneself. Because this is only a glimpse of what he's about to do. The ultimate service of Jesus Christ, when God comes to earth, as we know, is the cross. That's what he's come to do. That's his service, to suffer and die for the redemption of humanity. That in itself is overwhelming and then tells us that we must do the same. But what we, what we see in that, and what we see in this gospel, is our Lord surrendering himself to us. That's a powerful word, isn't it? Surrender. It's a word we don't tend to like. It suggests weakness, frailty. But our Lord surrenders himself to two things primarily. He surrenders himself to our hatred, to those who are going to crucify him, to his own disciples, to yours and mine until the end of time. He surrenders himself to what we are going to do to him in order to redeem us. That in itself is a love that goes beyond our comprehension. But but he surrenders himself to more than just our hatred. What's even more amazing in a sense is that 
he surrenders himself to our love. Imagine, God surrenders himself to human love. He will allow us to love him. In spite of the fact that all of human love, from the beginning until the end of time, the love of the angels and saints, all of it together isn't worthy of him. And yet he wants it, commands us to give it to him. To surrender himself to the love of creatures who will either ignore it, reject it, return it possibly to some extent insofar as we find it comfortable, and almost always with mixed motives. There's always something of the self, or usually something of the self in our loving him. And yet, he surrenders himself to be loved by us. That's something that's just amazing. And not only does he surrender himself to be loved by us, but he rejoices in whatever love we can give him. He so desperately wants it. That's something, too, we have difficulty with, don't we? Jesus Christ desperately wanting my love. But such is the gospel. That would be in itself a beautiful thought, however distant. And the crucifix is a wonderful symbol of it. We need to keep in front of our eyes constantly as a reminder of it. But that's not enough for God. God will surrender himself to us until the end of time. His surrender is eternal. And it's real. Because that's what the Eucharist is. The Eucharist is the ultimate surrender of God to his people. Surrendering himself to be humiliated, to coming to us. Even though, again, most people will reject him, deny him, perhaps give him some recognition, but few will ever throw themselves into that love, as we are called to do. And still he comes, over and over again, to draw us more closely into that relationship. Can we settle for anything less? God wouldn't. God becomes vulnerable and continues to be vulnerable. His love is a vulnerable love capable of being wounded over and over and over again, yet capable of rejoicing in whatever token of love we are willing to give him, but never satisfied, always demanding more, because he knows that we can never be what we were meant to be until we give it to him. Which brings us once again, as it always does on Holy Thursday for me, back to that beautiful prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas prayer that he would say every day before receiving communion, that in many ways sums up that love and sums up our relationship to him. When he said, Almighty and ever-living God, I approach the sacrament of your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. I come sick to the doctor of life, unclean to the fountain of mercy, blind to the radiance of eternal light, and poor and needy to the Lord of heaven and earth. Lord, in your great generosity, 
Heal my sickness. Wash away my defilement. Enlighten my blindness. Enrich my poverty. And clothe my nakedness. May I receive the bread of angels, the King of kings, and Lord of lords, with a powerful reverence, the purity and faith, the repentance and love, and the determined purpose that will help to bring me to salvation. May I receive the body and blood and that sacrament and its reality and power. Kind Lord, may I receive the body of your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, born from the womb of the Virgin Mary, and so be received into his mystical body and numbered among his members. Loving Father, as on my earthly pilgrimage, I now receive your Son under the veil of a sacrament. May I one day see him face to face in glory, who lives and reigns with you forever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in the love of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For our Holy Father, our Bishop for the Church throughout the world, that her members will always be visible signs of God's love, visible signs of the service demanded of them, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, they will be open to the love of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For those who are sick and suffering and dying, that they may know that they serve the Lord in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected him, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For a greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. An increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who in particular in a unique way will come to serve, giving totally of themselves, for a greater reverence for the service of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord for our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, they will be always vulnerable to the love of God, we pray to the Lord. The souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, as we witness the love of God made present in the vulnerability of our Lord Jesus Christ, we too may open ourselves up to one another. We pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those of the sorrowful mother as we sing. 